Welcome to the Space of the Waste, featuring host Melody Edmondson. Do you struggle with the right look to complement your body shape? Have you tried so many different looks and styles only to be disappointed time and again? You've landed on the right program. We'll show you how to make the right style work in your favor. Now, here is Melody Edmondson. Welcome to the Variety Channel. This is your host, Melody Edmondson. We are on Voice America, and we thank you so much for tuning in to the Space of the Waste. If you have missed any of our episodes before today, please go to www.voiceamerica.com and put in initial C, Melody Edmondson, E-D-M-O-N-D-S-O-N, and you will see 60 or more shows. Hopefully today, 246 million people will eventually tune in from Voice America. I'm sure counting on it. We have 167 countries and 150 some odd languages. So let's tune in and this will go to podcast after we air live. So it will be there for eternity. So please listen to today, Leonard Miskovich. And he is speaking to us today. And we're, I want to have him introduce himself and tell you a little bit about himself and what he loves about fashion and why he entered that, what his influences were. Hi, Leonard. Hi, Melody. Thank you so much for having me on your on your show. Uh, it's very You're nice welcome. to be here. I'm <laughs> pleased to have you. Um, so I have started in fashion very young, I would say, and I was introduced to fashion very young because I come from quite a creative background. My uh, my mother is a painter and my father is a photographer. Um, wow. So, yeah, so it was kind of inherent. Uh, my mom's best friend, um, who currently lives in New York, actually, uh, was a fashion designer. So oh. I was introduced to fashion very, very early. Um, Who was that? Do you know her name? Um, Kasia, I forgot her last, last name, name, actually. That's okay. It's <laughs> it okay. Very, it's a very I'm long gl- time ago. I'm glad <laughs> for her. I'm glad for her that she influenced you. Okay, yes. go on. Um, so... I, I've always had a creative streak and I always wanted to go uh, into the arts. Um, and then I actually started working in fashion around the age of 15 uh, when I was modeling and I was a fit model. Um, and at the age of 16, I kind of moved between Paris and my hometown for um, for some time. Uh, and then at the age of around 16, 17, I moved to London for a bit. Uh, were you um, raised in Amsterdam? Oh, no. I'm actually half Polish, half German, and oh. I was raised sort of around the world. Um, All right. My roots are in Germany, Poland, and America. Oh, we lived in I the should... States for a while. <laughs> okay. And your brown eyes, blonde hair, do I see? Uh, it's green eyes. Green blonde eyes, hair. blonde hair. Okay. <laughs> Very cute so. guy here. <laughs> I might uh, add. I don't. It's not a surprise you were a model. (laughs) Thank you so much. Party interrupt. Um, Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Um, Yeah, so I kind of, I I started to to learn about the industry a little bit from then and decided to go and study and went to the Royal Academy in Antwerp. uh, Oh, yes. Fabulous school. Yeah, the Antwerp Six is from, so quite creative as well. Um, and then afterwards, I really wanted to specialize. So I was looking into textiles and knitwear in particular because I had a very mathematical mindset um, and knitwear is quite mathematical in a way. Um, so I went to Chelsea College of Art to do a, a bachelor's in knitwear. And afterwards, I have gone to the Royal College to do my master's in London um, which is also a really, really good school. Yes, um, yes. Um, and on the way, I've picked up a lot of different skills, met a lot of people, um, had my own company for a little while. Then I started working. I was uh, with Ralph Simmons, um, Giles Deacon, Hackett of London, 
Alexander McQueen, um, a smaller brand called Le Girl Le Boy, and finally, currently, I'm at Esprit. Okay. Um, and I have worked across men's and women's wear knitwears for all product classes. At Alexander McQueen, I was uh, with the couture and special projects department. So we really worked on bespoke pieces, runway, which is a great school. Um, I, I've been taught by some of the, the best pattern cutters, uh, product developers, and designers along the way, um, and then working also in, a, in bigger brands, um, sort of learning how the the fashion works on a global scale, um, which is a very different kind of yes. approach to it. <laughs> yes. Um, but I love, I really love all sides of it, and I I love making art in fashion, but I also love making pieces that people can live in basically and and for people um yeah that's kind of where i come from and i think um for me it's it's a very really interesting medium where you create sort of around a body and a shape yes and i guess this yes. is also where your topic comes Yay. in quite heavily I'm so <laughs> glad you pay attention to the body instead of just an, an imaginary uh you know, uh, Kindle Kardashian. Because <laughs> not, not everybody has the same body shape and waist length, which is my big deal because, you know, being, mm. I was five, eight and a half. Now I'm five, six and a half. But uh, I always had very, very, very long legs, but I have a short waist. So it's very difficult when you're short-waisted because you don't have very much space between your bust line and your waist. And then my hips are high, so there's my hips right there after my waist. So no belts for me, no seams across the center, and there are like 70% of me's out there. And this is also the long-waisted women can wear the same clothing as the short-waisted because if you don't define the waist on anything and don't have any horizontal seams at the waist, you can add your own belt or big cinch belt if you are long-waisted. They just have to cut off nine yards because usually if you're long-waisted, you have very short legs. But anyway, back to you. I'm so glad you pay attention to the body shapes. So you can... Continue yeah. because Thank I interrupted you, so you again. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's absolutely. I'm just fine. glad you pay attention. You know, it's all those women in your family. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, for sure. It's uh, I've I've always been very influenced by by female forms, I guess. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, working sort of with bespoke tailors, especially, you kind of you have yes. to pay attention to to that and working on on shows, even though you are working with models, everybody has a different shape to it. And I think even luxury um, started paying attention to different shapes. Um, of course, we are in a, in a very great position where we can adjust uh, very quickly and we have very great makers with us usually that can change garments um, very, very quickly. Um, so that's um, that's always a luxury that you don't have in in a more retail sense, um, and in in brands that are more driven um, for the high street. Basically, I would I would say, which I you know worked for for both. Um, and I also think, I mean, because I worked across both genders, um, you really realize and, and look at body shapes and and proportions in a in a very specific way um, because of course men and women are different and men also have different shapes which yes. I think a lot of people don't talk about uh, mm -hmm. still um, but you know men also struggle in that in that sense yes. where you know things that are for a tall you know the tall markets basically yes yes uh, and their strides their strides differ you know the exactly um, crotch area and short-waisted and long-waisted and short some are very long-waisted and short-legged some are very mm -hmm. short-waisted and very long-legged i've noticed and there's no trouble with the longer lengths but sometimes when they're short-waisted 
especially with the fit and flare pants, I find that they have to cut off so much, you know, unless they're done by length, which I'm sure you always did. But mm. it's imperative, I think, that both men and women do links on the leg so that you don't lose the beauty of the flow of the pant leg or the trousers, if you will. Uh, tell me a little bit more about you and Esprit. Uh, are you going to, like, is this the Esprit that was an originally when it opened was Susie Tompkins' Hellfigure designed for, and then later it was yes. not as a big deal. Now it's coming back big time. And are you going to be more of a young tween or are you going to be more of the young teenage or are you going to be 12 to 30 or what is your market um i mean we so, so yes first of all yes it is it is that esprit it has it never actually gone anywhere um it has gone for ups and downs um, okay. but now we are you know we're trying to to get it back to what it was and a real you know we're trying to achieve that real lifestyle brand um nice. that that Susie um and Douglas have created in the in the beginning um and really have that spirit and joy around around the brand um we're not that focused on one uh, demographic particularly we're still trying to capture everybody and we you know we do go for most um age age groups and we have we also have kids wear um homeware etc you know being a real uh, lifestyle brand out there in mm -hmm. ready to wear uh we're reopening uh in in countries that we haven't been present for a very long time so we're really you know getting back to a global uh, sense and sensibility um and what obviously other i'm what other resources will hang in that department in stores? Or are you going to all be freestanding? Um, we, uh, I'm actually not 100% sure, but I think freestanding is the idea behind it because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm predominantly working on the men's uh, strategy yes. for, for So you're not like going to hang in Macy's by Tommy Hilfiger or something? Um, we are we are still going to be a, a wholesale business um, as okay. well, but we are really focusing on our own uh, platforms currently. Yeah. Um, right. And we, you know, we're working, we've just opened a great pop-up in New York. Oh. Um, yes. And we are, we're opening up a proper store soon in New York. We had a pop-up in LA. Um, right. Yeah. So, so we really, um, we really, trying to engage uh, the customers again and and from what we've seen there's a lot of people that are really missing Esprit you know and missing hey, Esprit. excuse me <laughs> bless you <laughs> thank you I need that <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um yeah so there's a lot of nostalgia for Esprit and we're, uh, we're yes. trying to get these customers well, back basically because it was it's such a great of? product yeah, it used to be, I haven't seen it for a while, but I used to, you know, of course, uh, have it and bought it for my nieces and nephews. And I'd like to know what will your sizing be like in women and men and uh, and what kind of fabrications are you going to try to stay away from the polyester and stay with natural fibers and be a little bit more... Uh, upscale than uh, like the Gap or something like that. Um, I mean, we are we we have always been as a as a brand um, very conscious about sustainability. Yeah. Um, so we Yay. have we have always tried to strive away from the polys and the acrylics and so on. So um, of course, price point wise, it's yeah, sort of unavoidable um some qualities you know you really have to look yes. at um but but in general we are um you know we always use recycled as much as possible um and we're trying to you know to get to that product that was that people remember that was such a good mm -hmm. quality and value basically and then yes. people you know so for me that people want to live in um in an extent 
Um, Sizing-wise, we, because we're really looking at a global um, approach, um, so we will we'll cater to different markets um, differently, ideally. Yes. So obviously, in in Asia, you have a different sizing right, completely right. to Europe to to the Americas. But um, in the USA, so, is it like small, medium, and large? And extra large and extra, extra large, and then sizing double zero up to to what 18, 22, or just 16, or what? I, th I think it's um, it's the 22. I'm actually not uh, 100% sure on our women's sizing. Okay. I, I just uh, didn't I have to work yeah. with those technicians. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> you're now going to be in men's, but do you exactly. do large we, sizes for men also? Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you probably do for yeah. women too, if you're doing yes, it for Yeah, months. and obviously then we will uh, conduct studies on the markets and see what um, yeah. what is really needed as well. Right. And, yeah. And also within the company, yeah. yeah, within the company, I mean, we always try to to fit on as many different sizes uh, as possible and, and across different body shapes as well. Um because, as you know, it is quite difficult to make a, a mass product um, oh, yeah. fit everybody. That's but true. we are we are trying, and especially with limitations of of timescale, um, as fashion is um, very much limited in that I, sense as well. I think you should have tell your stores and tell your uh, online vehicle to use 3D scanners because the scanner scans the body with like two photographs. For instance, someone like Big Thinks. Uh, I like them because they incorporated my waist links and, mm. I, and, and they already had my body shapes, but they incorporated the waist links so that when someone has the scan done by Big Thinks, they get you know, also all, they'll put out all the clothes that would look beautiful on that body shape and that waist length. And I just think that's going to save trillions of dollars on returns. I know there's a bunch of them, 3D Look, Whitney Cathart owns, <clears throat> and there are just bunch of mirror me. I mean, there's so many ways to avoid uh, buying online and sending half of it back and contributing to, you know, 500 trillion or more worth of returns. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, it's especially in Europe, that's a massive issue at the moment yes, because we yes. have, um, we also have a thing called Klarna, uh, which basically means. What's that it called? Klarna. Which is a money-saving uh, oh, okay. option, right? Yes, uh, yes. Which means that you can buy your things online, try them on, and send them all back without ever having to pay for them. Yes. Because if you do it within a certain time frame, no stocking works. fee or return fee or no, wow. nothing. Yeah, which okay. is which then means that a lot of people return a lot of goods. Mm -hmm. um, of a, course, because everything problem. fits. Everything fits differently unless you continue to buy the same brands. And then sometimes mm -hmm. I've noticed that even my favorite brands, if they change the designers, the fit may change because the patterns may change. Because for years it was Gucci pants and jackets fit me like they were actually bespoke for me, and then all of a sudden not. But when Anna Wintour was there with Tom Ford. It was my line to go to. And Manolo's mm. were my shoes. And I just knew where to go. And I always liked the designer, Donna Karen, which is now gone. And there's just DKNY. And everything's changed now, of course, showing my age. But <laughs> I, I think staying with your same fit... And again, paying attention to your customer and keeping the data so that you know what you're selling. If you're selling all, you know, 10 through 22 and much fewer triple zeros to eights, you know, you got to pay attention to that and decide, you know, make really design for that. And I also think... Um, be that men or women with the short jackets, the longer jackets, the whatever kind of clothes that men will be buying. Again, they 
You need data. So I, I'm all for the 3D scanners, and I think everyone should have it. And it, I've spoken to quite a few people in the 3D scanning business, and the people that are on the committee, like Savitude, and that committee that works with uh, the content that 3D scanners will have. And my next move would be to get have it be an online mandate to have a scanner because that will save all of our manufacturers so much money and the retailers because as you know retail stores are on a downturn and everybody's buying online and so we've just got to do that and it's, yeah. the technology's there mm-hmm. there's no reason not to it doesn't yeah it's very easy to to add yeah, to any website you know yeah I also think that um, a lot of people don't know their body shapes, uh, which is which is a shame. I think a lot of people don't. They're not. And they educated. don't want to measure. They don't want to measure. No. That's that's why we have the scanners. Because let me tell you, they don't want to measure. They want to say they're curvy. They don't want to say I'm extra large. They don't want to say I'm the average size of women, which would be a 14 to 16, they don't want to even say that. They just want to say, this is what I look good in. So the body scanner saves you from all of that. Yeah. I I do also think that language um, and marketing plays a big sort of part in all of this. You know, It's a plus. It's a plus. You you know, you don't want to be called plus size. You don't want to be called large size. Some people don't want to be called petite, you know. It's oh, no, the, the they don't. On the other hand, right? Some people. Yeah, you know, under 5'4". Like I always say, under 5'4". Or you can say, I don't think men want to be big and tall either. You know, they don't want no, to be no, called no. large size. Or I think they're. you're right. It's the psychology mm. of inclusion. Yes. It's the psychology mm. of naming and labeling people. I never liked labels and... No, Years we, of therapy, I found out <laughs> you really don't like being labeled. And I go, no, I don't. I don't. I'm not. No, I, mean, a box. Very f- I don't fit in a box, and I don't want to fit in a box. No, you are. You are also a very fabulous woman, from what I can see. So, <laughs> why should you be labeled? Absolutely. Um, Everybody's I, um, fabulous in some way or other. So you just got to find your fabulosity and flow with that. Exactly. I think we, uh, when I was at a at the small brand called Le Girl Le Boy, um, who was run by Serena Reese, who was originally doing agent provocateur, so we did a lot of underwear. So I dealt with a lot of mm. underwear across gender as well, and we were trying to be very inclusive of body shapes, and most things were cross gender, um, which made fittings very long and hard, usually, because trying to fit things across gender is quite difficult. Bras, (laughs) Um, especially, what a huge, and and, you know, even men's underwear, I mean, you know, there's a lot going on there, some of them were so much smaller under their stomachs. You know what I mean? And their hips aren't mm-hmm. very big, but then they mm-hmm. have to get these on and, you know, they wear them yep. different heights. Some like high, some like low, some boxers, some not. I mean, you know. Exactly. Some knitted, um, some woven. I mean. Yeah, there's so much uh, manufacturing going in, so much fabrication, so much uh, technical knowledge that you yes. need around this uh, this subject. Um, but also within apparel, we you know we were doing yes. sort of cross gender. Um, oh yeah, let me hear garments, about. obviously. So tell me oh, about well, that. That that was really quite interesting. But also on the on that subject of language, we then had an issue of calling our sizing from you know small to extra large because if it's cross gender, then obviously yes. You're, a 24 have to go to waist maybe go to waist or yeah so we 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 then started trying we trialed our own sizing systems yeah. or sizing numbering systems which you know other companies do as well but but then you always have to educate your customer base right. which then is also you that's not the greatest way of doing that either no but it's always educating. better than 
you know, having to buy an extra large because That's right. you're a guy and the sizing was made for women or vice versa, basically. Yes, so I can see the dilemma there. Yep. And I think um, with the uh, going across, uh, when you were talking about the underwear, uh, intimate <clears throat> wear underwear area, uh, Lee. Leela Shams, I saw on uh, Shark Tank, and she is a, a lady that is a beautiful woman who has designed for many, many companies, but she could never find herself swimwear to fit because mm. she's a triangle body shape, you know, narrower shoulders, wider hips, has a butt, and large breasts. So point being, uh, I mean, I think she has lost breasts. I'm not sure about her, but a lot of her clients do. And of mm. course, with breast implants, uh, a lot of her clients were, you know, could be a size two, but then they've got, you know, double D, 28 double D or something. She now has her swimwear line with 42 and maybe by now 72 different sizes you can order for tops and bottoms so that you can get the bottom that fits and the top that fits. And she has a specific way of measuring and she's going gangbusters without Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really great. When yeah, I saw yeah. her on there and no one took her, I said, boy, there's a bunch of idiots on there. You know, I'm sorry, guys, but that's a great idea, Hirsch. She's doing all these sizes. So, you know, I'm just telling everyone, go to TR3, Lila Shams, get online. And she hooked up with a 3D look with Whitney Cathcart. She, uh, a lot of my people, and I hope you do this too, Leonard, mm -hmm. Leonard Miskovich. I love being <laughs> able to say your name now. I think you should get, and look at all my shows and connect with those people, mostly ladies. Mike Dees was is on there, Joan Voss and a few um, others, Mike Edwards. Uh, but I want you to connect because they share all of this information. And that's the reason Paula Cannon, who designs uniforms like for airlines and banks and stuff, she also has a line, but she does a lot of business with uniforms and talk about having to do so many different things, but then have them look alike or similar, you know, men and women. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. He suggested to um, Lila, Lila Shams to do 3D look, which she did. And that's helping uh, Lila a lot. Lila or Lila, I don't know, L-E-I, probably mm. Lila. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Miss Shams, I'm sorry if I screwed up your name, but you know, <laughs> and you know, I love you. That's the most important thing. <laughs> okay. Well, you're you're promoting her, so um, yeah, no, that's it's um, it's it's so true, and and be I think also being able to to buy and to know where to go um, to buy for your size, and also be able to to have that variety, you know, have, buying tops and different bottoms, so you. You know, you can pick and choose basically because we're all we're all human and we're all different, yes. and that's the beauty of it. Um, and some brands could could do with remembering that. Yeah, exactly, and and, and especially with this blending of genders mm. and the we's that dress sometimes more masculine and sometimes more feminine. Uh, I have a friend whose son has just decided he's a we. So he's Matthew, um, no, Mateo as a uh, male, and he's Maddie as a female. But, you know, she's got to find clothes for him that are her, him, that <clears throat> work for that. And, you know, I, I, I'm no help there because um, all I can do is talk about size and shape and, you know, I can, you know, it's easy for me to dress gay guys because my nephew's gay and my cousin's a lesbian. So I can do 
all kinds of things uh, for gaming, but I just am um, not sure about that. And I think it's just the same in terms of a female twist or a male twist, but the sizing, I wondered about how you're going to design for that and how you're going to do more of an androgynous look when you're doing, say, menswear. Mm. I think that's that's also quite interesting because I think um, actually the the shape has quite a lot to do with it because doing that masculine and feminine twist is basically just looking at somebody's body and somebody's shape and then you can sort of you know some people need a I don't know a, a longer that yeah. elongated waist so you yes. just drop it and then you have that masculine look to, and to get the rid of silhouette. those pockets yeah. get those pockets off the silhouette and you can have these on but the buttonhole that goes up this way not yeah, the, across and then it'll hang because if i buy a regular blazer those big old patch pockets are right at my hip not my waist mm. but my hips so i look for no pockets or i have them taken out or Spend the money on Bizom, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Most, mostly it's a matter of taking the pockets out, or if they can't, I don't buy it if it's a patch pocket, but if it's side mm. pockets, get those things out of there. That just widens the hips. Nobody wants that, man or woman. But when the pockets are like a buttonhole going vertically, it's very mm. flattering on everybody. And and I love all this haunting knit for men. I finally, Mike Dees, who was with Joan Voss, president for years and helped design, mm -hmm. he told me, get John some ponty knit jackets from Theory and uh, other people because they're fantastic and you can wear them with jeans and driving shoes and T-shirts with collars or white, crisp white shirts or linen shirts. And it's it's great. And, you know, over 50 can wear them as well. So mm. we got on that right away. <laughs> and they are great because if you want your husband to dress up, but not be uncomfortable, but not have a suit on and not even yeah. a, a buxom uh, sport coat. And mm. I, unfortunately, I'm not able to get my husband in a cardigan sweater. I'd love for him to wear a cardigan. I actually think they're kind of cool now, especially if they zip. Uh, they're you great. They're I think great. they're fat. And then if you're hot, you take it off and you can put yeah. it back on and you're not like pulling your sweater off in the restaurant. So, I mean, I, I love I love knitwear because you can, you know, it's, yes. it's so size inclusive. And it's yes. so, you can, exactly. it's very comfortable, but you can look very glamorous. You can look very dressed up you know like a, a really good roll neck yes goes a long way love it <laughs> right? and and i do have two sweaters on the way for john that zip up <laughs> one good. is in cashmere and one's in lambswool let's see if i hit it <laughs> he's I mean, not going to send him back because <laughs> i'm going to cashmere hit. sweater is just the best thing in the world <laughs> and black my favorite color black <laughs> Okay, so tell me, tell me more about how you see, how do you see, since you're doing mostly menswear now, how do you see men dressing, young men dressing mm -hmm. uh, in the near future, lower like for spring, this spring and fall and mo moving forward, what will the changes be? And if you want to mm. do that for women, I'd like to hear your take on that too. Uh, sure. Oh. I think, um, I mean, we, we do have, I, I feel like after the pandemic, we all all still trying to figure out a way to dress for the outdoors <laughs> and work without, um, without losing comfort in a way. So I think there's a lot of, comfortable fabrics, real fabrics that are really on the up, basically. Um, and then it depends also for the, the ages, of course, as well, because millennials dress very different to Gen X versus Gen Z. So, you know, that, that's a whole nother story, right? Um, but I, I really think, and I think also there's this um, trend upwards for dressing up and going out and, you know, people really miss that. And people I miss like that feeling, you know, seen and, and 
going out. And I think for women as well, you know, I think uh, heels are coming back slowly. And makeup. And makeup, yes. Makeup, whereas forever we weren't wearing eye makeup or lipstick. And now it's like, do it all, baby. You know, and I like it. I like it. Thinner eyebrows, which are more elegant. I think that's better too. I've noticed on women, on some of the models. Mm. That's uh, definitely coming back, yeah, and yeah. going in that, that direction for sure. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, I think, yeah, I think it's it's that kind of um, quality comfort, yes. but, you know, for you the go. for the real world again, basically. Yeah, um, for the real world. I think well, we struggle in in terms of uh, production and design and so on is, of course, how the world is changing and when the climate is going and you know we we had a really hot um autumn in europe at least um i'm not sure i was in the states um but we had a massive it was issue very was, mild except for a few yeah and you know a few uh, uh northern and midwestern snows but still yeah. mild mild compared so, to we, so you had this massive issue with all the knits and the jackets and the coats coming in in, you know, September onwards and even before uh, August. And it was so warm. Nobody wanted to even think about an outdoor jacket, you know. Um, so this is I something I think younger really... people think that way, too. A whole bunch mm. more. We older ones, me included, I always buy things very early because that's what we used to do. I mean, when I was a buyer, we would sell more coats in July and August and more suits in July and August because the the heavy sweaters and the coats and the suits would come in first and then later the sportswear. So you got into the habit of buying it, but people aren't going to, the young people today, I mean, from Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, nada. They kind of direct to consumer. That's why all that TikTok yes. stuff. But. Yeah, exactly. Which is, of course, um, very difficult to cater to from a business point of view. Um, no. But, you know, we are, uh, we're, we're trialing it all and we're we trying it um, because obviously this is how these generations are used to it now. And I think, you know, uh, this having having everything at your fingertips has become so inherent into a lot of young people's lives. Um, I mean, I, even for special occasions, I've noticed like yeah. it's so late. Like my granddaughter's wedding is in May. She just got her dress. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I bought my dress like a year and a half ahead of time. You know, I had it on order, had it fitted, had the bridesmaid. I mean. Planning a wedding was two, three years. I mean, you know, not now. And now they get married outdoors. They do it quicker. They don't invite everybody. Mm. It's very, very different what what people do today. And not only that, if you're not a common size, she is has a perfect figure, you know, size four or six. Very lucky. And hourglass, perfect figure, and tiny, so, and very athletic. So she, you know, Mm. has no trouble finding anything. But, like, for her mom, it's going to be a little bit difficult waiting this long. You know what I Mm. mean? And finding her sizes and fit and everything. But, you know, I've, I've helped so many people with their mother or bride and grandmothers and brides and Try, you know, get them to do it early. Only, it seems like only if you're the kind of woman or young lady that has really wants to make a statement with her wedding, whether it's mm-hmm. casual on the beach or in or in the great big Greek Orthodox church or something, if they've wanted this big Cinderella moment, then they are fine to custom make their dress and I've got people for them and, mm. and everybody does, you know, Joanna Ross Wells and Coco Bochian is in um, Beverly Hills and Joanna's in Australia and they do mm. tons of wedding for planners. You know, I'm a planner <laughs> because actually planning to me is almost 
90% of the fun, you know, but yeah, I love, love to plan a good wedding. Um, I actually, I did, I did work a lot with brides, uh, back at my uh, McQueen days as well. Did you do bridesmaids very... or black wedding gowns? or? <laughs> um, we didn't do that many of those. Um, bride, bride, some bridesmaids, yes. Um, but, you know, it, it was very... Um, th- there were a lot of uh, different body shapes and sizes and so yes. on. So trying to find yes. the right kind of thing right. for the bride. You know, even if you want your Cinderella moment... Not everybody can wear a certain silhouette or a certain yes. type. So, you know, trying to to make your or make make these girls happy um, was very important, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but also guiding them in a way of being like, well, you know, you want your Cinderella moment and you want that big statement or you want something understated, right? The different Depending ways on, of doing yeah. There are different ways of doing this, yes. so you you will, they will all get what they want in the end. Yes. Um, but there are just different executions, and you have to mm-hmm. sort of educate it, again, educate your yeah, um, yeah, your and uh, the isn't it the Gen Z? They're like thirteen to twenty nine or something, and they mm-hmm. like unique items like uh, from the nineties or something different, and and then the uh, millennials before them, right? They were more, a little bit more traditional, and didn't I think because they had all the the mothers that were in, into the labels, they were not. I mean, that's kind of what I'm seeing with just now turning 38, 39, and 40 year olds. They kind of don't. They think it's crazy to spend the amount of money that their moms paid on clothes and stuff. <laughs> Whereas the Gen Zers, they like nice things. They like unique things. And they don't mind having to pay for the latest Nike or the latest fantastic <clears throat> silver ring for a man or something that they find. They're, you know, a little... And I guess it's because they're most of them are living at home and still have a lot of disposable income. They're not paying rent and groceries and everything yet. Yeah. Although I, I do think that millennials on that point, that they are like, we see a shift in the, in the spending power because there's more and more millennials that have more spending power actually at okay. the moment. So um, that's a big audience that if you can capture it, is quite important to capture for clothes um, and home goods everything really you know it's okay um, good to know they're buying yeah <laughs> i think that's that's something we've we've been seeing a lot um and and the older generations i mean not gen x but but above the, the boomers and above yes that. Um, their spending power has gone down a bit um because not not Retired. everybody's Exactly. Retired, retirement. You know, you yeah. S- you spend more I've on your family. I've noticed that. I've noticed that we're retired now and it's different. I mean, I have my show, but my husband's retired in golf cell the day. And sorry, Sandra, I'm not supposed to be telling my age, but it's just, uh, that's my boss. Uh, she, um, keep that under wraps. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, I spent so much money on designer clothes and jewelry and shoes. And I mean, all I would rather have things. I'm Capricorn rising in Capricorn. To me, I'd rather have things any day, a new Chanel handbag than a trip. That's just me. Once I've been everywhere now that I ever want to go, there are a lot of places I don't care about going. That a lot of my friends can't wait to go to another third world country or whatever. Uh, to me, no, I'll I'll add another Chanel to my collection. I'd rather do that. That's just me. But I mean, I, I, I think I'm a, in the minority on that now. <laughs> at the moment, yes. I mean, obviously, we we are facing very difficult times in in general in the world. So, um, of course, making generalized statements like you know we're 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 we prioritizing one thing over another. I think a lot of people would like 
you know, having the Chanel bag and the travel really realistically. Um, it's just whatever people prioritize. I think, right, at the moment. right. It's and like my, what, it's always with my family, mm, my brothers and sister, my brother and sisters, it's house first. Uh, it's their children first, their children's educations yes. and whatever their children need, their homes, their automobiles and their help with their children and grandchildren they're not buying, they're just replacing what they need or buying what they need. They're not, you know, that's not a priority. And it's not a priority to most of my friends either. But, you know, I I don't have my own children. I have my mm. stepchildren and they're grown and they have children and grandkids now. So I have <laughs> great grandkids because my husband's about a decade older and I didn't, didn't want kids because I was working and I wanted to keep working and I and whatever. But I'm sure glad I have everything because now I really mm. don't have to buy anything. You know, I, good thing my husband's gone or he'd be over there laughing. But <laughs> I I really am trying not to to spend money like that because we are retired and we don't have it. So I have to be mm. careful. So yeah. it, it's different because I never but, really had to work that worry about that because we were both working and you know what I mean yeah. lived in the city mostly had condos and whatnot and then we bought our big house and we did all that now we're back in a smaller home mm. but we have smaller money coming in so yeah it's very but, but different also, very different I think, you know I think ultimately you also you need to be able to treat yourself so you know if you if you want something, then by all means get it because it will make you feel better as long as it's something that is meaningful to you. Yes. Uh, you know, there's no judgment in, in that. And I also feel, uh, coming back to clothing, I think, yes. which is what we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> is um, there's, I think there's a lot of value in having something that you can really wear enjoy and appreciate um and having that peace will then make your mood better lift your spirit a little bit so make your day a little bit easier you know that that idea of having armor as something mm-hmm. that you wear or you know i, I think agree. also this is why people really come back to this going out and dressing up a little bit more yeah because, i agree with you know you. that's what people miss in a way yeah Treat, treat, treat every little thing you can as something special. That's what mm. I think. Even if you're yep. meeting for coffee or if you're, say, going to a yoga class and your friend says, you know, meet me for lunch after or whatever, make a little bit of an event out of it. And then when dinner time comes, go home, you know, shower, get your hair, get your makeup, get dressed when you go out, you know. And I actually, yep. being in Arizona, I actually... Uh, decide the restaurant to go to so I can wear an outfit that I plan to wear because otherwise, you know, I'm not going to wear it to a Mexican restaurant or I'm not going to wear it to a burger joint, but, or even just somewhere for salads. I want to go somewhere nice so I can wear a certain Mm. outfit. But again, I'm in the minority on that, but I do think there's a lot to be said. If you buy investments that are really, really good, you can also always sell them. Because I know when COVID started and, you know, the stock market changed, a lot of things happened. I just got on the phone. I called Bonhams and Christie's, the auction houses, and I was able Mm -hmm. to sell like 25 pieces uh, diamonds and 13 Chanel handbags. Mm -hmm matter of three months, gone and gone and gone. And, you know, stardom, I started them lower than a lot of people because I'd start them at 25 or 2750. Of course, now they're going for 5,000, but mm. I was very happy to get three to 3,500 after mm. their take, after their take, you know, if I got 2750, I was happy. Then I was able to start a jewelry line and make a bunch of jewelry with that money. Amazing. And I didn't I have did. to ask my husband for anything. 
<laughs> I did admire your ring. Very <laughs> Thank <lovely>. you. <laughs> and it was like, you don't have to give me any money. I'm going to finance it myself. It goes, yeah, sure. What? Yeah. So I sold my Mercedes, sold my car and bought a small uh, Cadillac, which has a lifetime warranty and is a hell of a lot cheaper and drives and is elegant and nothing wrong with beautiful Cadillac. I just love it. And he he sold his truck for a golf cart because we only have a two-car garage now. And, you know, now then I began to, um, you know, I just sold a few pieces of jewelry. Unfortunately, they're too expensive because I have to sell them for $8,000 because I used real gold. So, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to close the show. So sorry. Uh, I'm sorry I started on my rampage, but it's so nice to have you on, Leonard. And I just wish you the best with Esprit. It's never going to be better than it's going to be with you there. And you pay attention to all of those things and your education will, and your natural aesthetic will kick in and you're going to make this a, a wonderful company again. And not that it isn't wonderful already, but you're going to make it even better. So thank you so much for coming on today. Is there anything you'd like to say to close? Um, I just want to thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, it was absolutely delightful. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you for yes. coming on. I wish you the absolute best. This is Melody Edmondson saying until next Tuesday, uh, goodbye, and be sure to go to the website, www.voiceamerica.com. Go to Melody, see Melody Edmondson and listen to all the episodes you may have missed. Thank you for listening to The Space of the Waste. Please join host Melody Edmondson again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next time. Melody Edmondson has created a book series available on Amazon.com. The Space of the Waste series is comprised of a body shape by a waist length and will have all the information you need to dress and accessorize beautifully. You choose yours after first buying book one, The Guidebook, your fashion guide based on body shape and the space of the waist. This is a new method of determining your body shape and your waist length termed the space of the waist.